Get personal with loyalty, where we're discussing using loyalty to deliver personalized, relevant customer experiences. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, I'm here with Sukumar Muthia from Ansira. He is the Executive Vice President of Integrated Loyalty. Welcome, Sukumar. Thank you very much, Erin. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Well, we're excited to have this conversation today. Before we get started, we'd love to learn a little bit more about your background and how you got into loyalty, because I don't know that story. <laughs> Interesting, you know, career track that I have. Um, so, you know, I've been, I started actually in supply chain, you know, way back in 28 years ago. And then I've always been, a, you know, a very curious individual working and trying to understand customer problems, how to solve their problems through technology. And then, you know, I got my background in industrial engineering and then, you know, did my thesis in artificial intelligence back in 94, <laughs> and then got into, you know, the supply chain part of it. And then I was working on supply chain, transportation, forecasting, logistics, uh, warehouse management systems, and so, so on and so forth. So I did that for about a decade management scenarios. Uh, and then I got an opportunity to work in the marketing side of the things. So this was, um, you know, early in 2000, 2004, 2005 timeframe where direct marketing was still a big deal. So I got an opportunity to work in the marketing side of the house. And then, uh, you know, from that time on, no turning back. Uh, I really enjoy marketing technology part of it. Uh, the primary reason is it's uh, it's one of the areas where technology is embraced very very quickly and it's always brands are always looking at you know learning and testing and experimentation on newer things new things right compared to supply chain and you know and, and that gives you an opportunity to be a new day every day right new culture every day new clients every day and new challenges new problems so i got into like marketing technology i mean database marketing campaign management data modeling and then, you know, from that point on, it's all about, you know, different pieces of marketing technology, whether it's customer experience, loyalty, and that kind of thing. So I've been specifically on the loyalty space. I've been working in the for the last eight to nine years in loyalty program design, program management, and then technology selection and, and so forth. So that's uh, that's been the journey. And, you know, I've been with Ansera for like nine plus years now. And, wow. And uh, managed integrated loyalty business unit. Okay. And I have to ask you about that. <laughs> integrated loyalty, not just executive vice president of loyalty, but integrated loyalty. So explain that. How, why integrated? Yeah. It is it is interesting. See, this is this is exactly the reason why we called integrated loyalty because we wanted to attract people to ooh, you know, this is different. So we wanted to see what that is. Right. So integrated loyalty is not just the loyalty program because you you think today, right? So companies service loyalty service providers also, you know, they're focused on solely on designing loyalty program, running loyalty programs and that kind of thing. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to take it beyond loyalty, right? Everyone talks about loyalty program. Nobody talks about loyalty. You know, that's what mm. people talk about today. So you, right. how do you how do you build loyalty to the brand? So it goes beyond the program. So it starts with knowing your customer. It starts with understanding how they are interacting with the brand. Uh, how much do we know about them? And then attracting them to come back to your brand and then keeping them, retaining them and creating 
compelling contextual personalized engagements with the customer, right? So whether it that starts with data services, that starts with analytics, that starts with creative, that starts with cross-channel campaign management. And then, you know, eventually at the core of it is still a loyalty program, but all of these services around that, uh, we integrate it together. It's a portfolio of services that we, we offer to our clients uh, with the idea that we help brands build loyalty when customers are not just in the buying cycle, right? So even if they are not in the buying cycle, they have to think about the brand. So how can we do that um, by doing these kind of things? So that's that's really how we coined the term integrated loyalty to bring all this portfolio of services together. I, I love that. And I, I don't I don't know that enough people are really thinking about that today. The well, I love the integrated part, but the fact that you still need to be building that relationship in between the transactions and and being able to focus on that. And and what does that mean? Is it, does it mean education? Does it mean can you leverage partnerships? Um, is it, I don't know if you can tell me, I guess, <laughs> how, how do you coach people on that? Because I think that that is, it's a huge key that a lot of organizations miss today, aside yeah. from just sending me an email every single day. Right, 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 right. So I think the core of this, Erin, is really, you know, what products and services business that a brand is in, right? So if you're in a high volume, like a retail type of product, high volume driven, right? So then then the way you you understand the customer, the way you try to attract them, where you try to build a loyalty program is completely different from, you know, a, a low volume, high priced B2B type of scenario, right? And then, and then there is even more complexity when it's, direct to consumer versus if you have a distributed model, right? So if you have a model where you have a brand, you have a distributor, you have regional sellers, and or maybe you have even partners that you're selling through the partners, how do you incentivize your partners to bring all of these things together, right? So that's where I think the integration comes in play. And then we educate the customers that marketing just doesn't, I mean, loyalty doesn't live in the marketing department, right? So loyalty is across your enterprise. When a customer comes to your store, how is your customer store representative treating that customer, right? So when they go through a checkout, how are they actually being treated? When they have a problem with the product and they call the call center, how are they actually treated, right? So it starts across. I mean, if you think about all of these things, right? So you know, loyalty has to be educated across the enterprise in various different functions. Only then I think you become truly a customer centric. Otherwise it's a marketing centric loyalty, it doesn't work. So that's the kind of try to give like a broader set of education to our, our clients and then try to introduce loyalty across the enterprise, right? Right, I, I love that. Loyalty lives across the organization. I'm, right. I'm gonna use that quote. <laughs> and I'm curious, do you then coach clients on I guess, how, how does it work organizational structure? There's probably still people that are responsible for loyalty, but then do they build a cross-functional team that then has to support? How how does that work? Well, I mean, you know, there are two things, right? So one is just on introducing loyalty mindset in their day-to-day -day function, right? So if you're a customer call center rep, you're picking up the phone and the phone rings, right? So then how are you answering? What's the mindset in which you are actually answering, you know, to the customer, right? How many times, I mean, today, you know, 
you've called the call center and you've gotten a, an excellent service. You know, maybe one or two, you will be like, oh That's my it. God, that was a good service. So, you know, it starts with that mindset. So mindset is number one. And then the program, if you have a program, program itself is another right? So then, you know, making sure that the program, you know, how the customers are interacting with the brand across different functional areas is visible to all the brands. So if you're a customer and call center, you should be able to see, you know, what their loyalty program looks like and what have they done and so on and so forth. So if you're a finance organization, then you should have a report that should show like, here is how, how much money the enterprise is spending on loyalty and then how customers are making use of that loyalty, right? So because there is in loyalty, you know, if you have gift cards and so on and so forth, and people haven't redeemed, it's actually a liability in your balance sheet, right? And then, you know, educating other areas of, you know, it becomes a customer-centric mindset is number one, and then program visibility across the enterprise democratization of loyalty data is number two, right? So you have to think about this holistically because most of the times we think about it very, oh, we want a loyalty program. Let's implement the program and run, right? So then it's it's not going to sustain, right? So it's it's going to be short-lived. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So being, it, it's probably a cultural shift uh, and a real focus on that customer centricity that you, you mentioned. Correct, yeah. To to kind of you you mentioned it just now, and you were doing your introduction. You were talking about uh, I heard some mentions as well data, and you yeah. said you started in AI before it was cool, or maybe it was super cool back then. We just didn't know what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> so would love to hear a little bit about that. And then you talked about your database marketing, and now one of the the key pillars is being data. Would love to to get your thoughts on on you know let, let's go down in, into that a bit first if you don't mind talking about some of the history with the AI just uh, my own curiosity as to you know what you were seeing then and what do you see now? Yeah, interesting. You know, AI has always been there for a long time, right? So when I did my thesis on artificial intelligence, which was basically I used neural networks to figure out how do we design quality quality control testing, right? So for example, if you're doing a automotive car crash testing, right? So you cannot be crashing cars, like hundreds of cars as a part of your sampling. So <laughs> what you expensive. have to do is you have to come up with a statistical experiment, which is significant. Hey, I'm going to test five crashes. And then based on those five crashes, I'm going to inter extrapolate, you know, how the car crash, every single car will have the crash testing parameters defined. So using artificial neural networks, so we train certain variables and then, you know, we did that, right? So neural networks, theoretically, all of these concepts have been there for a long time, right? But in 94, when I had this thesis, you know, the computing power was not that much, right? So, you know, you had like five, six, seven variables that you were training when it, when it comes to neural networks. But today, you look at chat GPT, you know, it's got 175 billion variables that uh, that's been so it is because of the compute power right so its compute power is significantly increased and it's uh, advanced and the level of uh, application of those concepts so you know since that point i think people were continuously experimenting you know as technology changed and evolution of ai happened more and more and more started very simply like simple regression testing right where you are predicting one variable you know 
y is a function of x and you know how do i determine y given a value of x uh, then you know you had a simple regression and then now you know it became machine learning multiple variables multiple regression analysis and then it's a machine learning now you have these four input variables well, how do you predict the output variable so that's how because of the compute power it's it's expanded and then because of that a lot of software vendors are are integrating those components of loyal, I mean, artificial intelligence into the business functions, whether it's prediction, whether it's customer segmentation, whether it is on the loyalty side. So you look at any function today, you know, those business functions, so the artificial intelligence is kind of integrated in, in embedded in the, either in the software or outside of software where companies are focused heavily on data science and, you know, uh, data modeling, uh, teams within the organization. So it just depends on, you know, where they want to focus and uh, what their business model is. Makes sense. Makes sense. So it, the on the data side of things, is that your, is that what's near and dear to your heart is, is data or, you know, or do you have other favorite areas when you start thinking about customer and customer loyalty? No, you look at uh, aspects of loyalty. I would say there are basically three things, right? So one is knowing your customers, knowing who, who are the users of your products and services that you're offering as a brand? And then number two is, once you know them, how do you attract them to your brand, right? So, you know, they're coming, you, either they're prospects or they're existing customers, they're you know, one-time customers, how do you attract them to your brand? And then number three is keeping them, right? So keep, make sure that they keep coming back to you, right? So you you start with knowing the customers. So obviously, you know it's the data. It's uh, you know bringing all of that data together. How are they interacting with the brand? Are they visiting your website? Are they going to the store? Are they calling the call center? Can I consolidate all of this data together and drive some level of intelligence around that? Right. So this is where you know when we design loyalty programs. So we start with the data. We start with understanding you know who your customers are, how they are interacting, what their current level of spend is. So those types of things. So, and then we also understand competition, right? Who are the competition? What are they trying to do? Who are their competition's customers? And what is the attraction for them to that? And then uh, attracting customers, that's where, you know, you start designing your program mechanics, loyalty program. You, know, you need to design a certain program based on the products and services, maybe a surprise and delight loyalty, maybe a better option than a, you know, earning and burning kind of points, or it could be a subscription is even a better option, right? And then the third piece is keeping them, you know, like how do we make sure that you're engaging with them at the right moment and all the right things that we talk about in marketing, right? So your brand is on top of the mind, right? So when you look at all of these part of the things, data is fundamentally driving the program data is fundamentally helping you to figure out you know how to engage with the customer how to create that compelling engagement and personalization and build that connection right i think in one of your podcasts one of the guests mentioned something called as belonging right so they said how do i how do you make sure that you create a sense of belonging for customers to the brand so that's the the data part of it so data driven is meaning are you mature enough to collect the data? Are you mature enough to analyze the data? Are you mature enough to use that data, democratize that data across the organization? And the other thing Erin, I mentioned, I tell our customers all the time is when you implement a loyalty program, 
there is a certain amount of data that's there, part of your loyalty technology, loyalty application, and there is a host of other data that's outside of loyalty that's feeding into the loyalty, right? I said knowing your customers, you know, in terms of interactions with you, spend different touch points. Can a loyalty technology collect different touch point interaction? Although some of the loyalties are now creating their own tags, so you can you know, figure out what their website activities are and then point of sale integration, then other things like social media, things like that, right? So because loyalty is going beyond transactions now. So now your data is proliferated, right? So, you know, what are the, some of the data that's needed outside of loyalty so that not all tools and technologies are strong enough when it comes to analytics? Because, you know, loyalty technology has various components to it, which is running the program itself. You know, some technologies have the core part of it, which is create program. You can design multiple types of programs and run with it. And then there is a component of analytics. Once the data is collected, how good is your loyalty technology to drive the analytics? And then the third piece is now that I've collected all this data, can I run an engagement? Can I send an email from within the loyalty program or do I have to rely on an ESP to send an email outside of loyalty program, right? So when you come and compare these three components within the loyalty program, then different vendors have different strengths in each one of these areas. You know, as a brand, you have to look at what is core Go with that and then augment your other things from our different places. So I think it's democratization of data and data everywhere is is, uh, is key component of it. Yeah, it, it, that's interesting. You, you said so much there. There's a, a variety of paths I think we could go down. One, I, yeah. I really liked the, uh, the point around customer service and such too. I'm not sure that a lot of people when they're thinking about loyalty and, and I'll say more programmatic loyalty, including that. I know a lot of people, you know, Gene Bliss is out there for years talking about customer experience and it really starts with those frontline people versus those of us in loyalty tend to think of it from more of a marketer's perspective, but being able to bring the two together because I think there's so much more information you can get from a sales associate, a team member, you know, um, people that are at the call center and that information, whether good or bad around the customer. And I think there's the lifetime value analysis can play a part in that as well. So maybe this person's spending a lot of money, but maybe they're also returning a whole lot or they're calling the call center because they're complaining because they're never going to be happy. Well, is that person going to be valued at the same level somebody else would be valued who's not calling back, calling in and being able to use you know, that your data and as you're making decisions on particular offers or experiences for those particular customers, I think is interesting. And then collecting all the data across all the different systems. I had a conversation with Forrester analysts not that long ago, and we were talking about some of the challenges around personalization, because we always were all talking about how do you deliver these more personalized experiences, yet we all get a lot of emails and very few of them are <laughs> personalized. And, and they were talking about how different teams have bought different technologies and the company doesn't have necessarily a universal guideline, maybe, I, I'm not sure what the appropriate word is, on what data should be collected and what fields you should have for a customer. So the customer 
servicing platform may collect your name and certain attributes from you when the loyalty program may capture different attributes from you the crm tool may capture something different and the fields don't match is that something that you're seeing too and is that something that you guys tend to solve for yes i mean true because uh you know what organizations have done is um you know I was reading the other day uh, a statistic, which is, you know, enterprises typically have over 120 different applications that they run, right? And then if you think of it, this is average, you know, it includes all kinds of different applications. Um, so if you think of that, right, so, you know, each one of those applications comes with, you know, some may be homegrown, some may be proprietary, some may be commercial that, you know, they've got a contract with the vendor. Each one has its own life cycle. So, and then now you're trying to introduce a loyalty program, say for example, right? Now, you know, what do you do? A lot of customers, what they do is, okay, let's just introduce this technology and let's integrate with the data that I already have with call center application, with uh, with my website application, or with my point of sale, with my e-commerce point of sale, right? So. So they, with existing applications, you're trying to integrate, that's where you see the discrepancies in data, right? So because I'm already collecting this, so I, I have this field name for, you know, the information that you're looking for. So can you integrate with that? And then, you know, you, you try to integrate and, you know, build integration. Then it becomes, you know, number one, it's an integration nightmare. Number two, you're introducing technology debt. Uh, because these, this field, you need to have like a data dictionary, like field mapping, right? Each one of these applications has this kind of data model with this kind of fields and attributes means this in this other application, right? So that becomes, you know, I mean, first of all, organizations don't have enough documentation. Now you're asking them to do another complex data mapping exercise, which is very difficult. So they do it and, you know, the, the applications will run, but you're introducing a lot of technology debt, right? So there are concepts of, you know, customer data platform now, you know, CDPs, where you're trying to consolidate all of this data in one place and use that as your data source for your loyalty or whatnot. So that is an exercise organizations are going through to, you know, unify all the data to create the common nomenclature across the enterprises, data collections and schemes, and some of the loyalty technology vendors are saying, you know, well, you know, we can also serve as some sort of CDP because I've got a tag, I collect web interaction, I've got this point of sale transaction. So to a certain extent, yes, I mean, you're collecting enough data to run a, an optimized loyalty program, but in, in its strictest sense, CDP is like consolidation across your enterprise data. So that's where you know some consolidation exercise is happening. But if that is not happening, you're you have to deal with data mapping exercise. Mm. Right. And then that <laughs> means your data is in multiple places. And then, you know, when it comes to reporting and insights, now you have to rely on yet another environment. You know, now I need to get collect data from loyalty platform, I need to collect data from an ERP system, you know, from a financial perspective yeah. you know how the order management different types of orders are you know coming in and how are the returns being processed and you know how do we consolidate returns to orders and and then use that to your loyalty and all of that so that becomes an external exercise so i think a lot of organizations do it are doing it uh, 
but eventually i think you know they're going to move towards a, a standardization process yeah it it seems that way and it seems yeah. like more and more people are working toward it we're yet to be seen but let's assume somebody has and they have access to that data i know a topic that's near and dear to your heart is this data is a gold mine, right? Yeah. And I and I don't, and I think maybe we agree on this, is that organizations may not even understand today what a gold mine they're sitting on with this data and what the data could be used for. We're, we have a tendency to think about, as I was just doing, personalized emails. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there, exactly. there's so much more, especially when you have loyalty data in where you have the transactions, you have the interactions, you have first and zero party data. There's so much there that an organization can use in ways well beyond marketing efforts, right? Absolutely. I, You know, one interesting thing is, for example, you know, you're running a loyalty program. And then you give them a reward, right? So they accrued the points or whatnot. And then they redeem those points. So when they redeem the points, do you know what actually they redeemed it for? Did they redeem it for uh, an adventure travel? Or did they redeem it for a personal travel? Let's say I'm using travel as an example, right? Or did they redeem it for personal travel? Or did they redeem it for moving their kid to college travel? Uh, you know, what is it? Do we know that? I mean, imagine if you know that, right? So they redeemed every time, you know, they accrued the point, they were redeeming it for travel. Then you can put them in a, you know, hey, this customer is in a travel segment. Now think of many different segments that you can form just purely by your loyalty program. And then that that information is so powerful in terms of driving that personalization, increasing, you know, that I talked about third pillar, which is keeping the customers, so keeping them, them right? So if you have that information. And now the question is, do I, am I equipped to collect that kind of information? Do I have the capability and infrastructure to do it? So now it's so powerful. that. And then the other piece is whenever loyalty engines are sending emails, hey, you're about 100 points away from reaching this next tier, right? So can I use that same email to deliver some marketing message as well, right? So for example, this, uh, you know, you redeemed for adventure travel, then I, if I know that you are an adventurist, then I could use that information and say, hey, you're about 100 points away from tier three, book your next adventure in this place, right? So now you're adding a marketing message into your loyalty notifications, if you will. A lot of brands are doing it, but I'm I'm saying that's actually a best practice to combine those yeah. two things, right? There are a couple other, you know, like, which is near and dear to my heart. And I think we talked a little bit before on this thing, which is finance data, right? So now loyalty creates so much of different types of data. Yeah. Has anyone thought, thought about, hey, I'm going to forecast the revenues coming out of loyalty and use that information if the brand is a public company and then you're giving always directions to Wall Street and how you're going to perform future looking, you know, that kind of thing. Then if you have a predicting al algorithm, which says, you know, last quarter, here are all my loyalty members. I got 20 million loyalty members and they generated X million dollars. And then with a 90% probability that I can forecast that they're going to generate Y million dollars in next quarter. So how powerful that information would be, right? 
<laughs> I think it, I think that's huge. I think you know when you think about it, so many marketers, I think, especially when they're thinking about loyalty, are cringing to talk to their CFO. Yeah. Oh, this is going to cost money. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. But it, I think the conversation should actually be flipped based on what you just said. It's like, here's marketing. We're going to help you, Mr. or Mrs. CFO. And yeah. on, on, let's predict what the company's going to do. And hey, now we've got a lever to actually influence more sales. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, that is number one, influence more sales. And number two is, you know, the finance and CFO is always worried about how much are we spending on this loyalty program and is it working, right? So imagine your loyalty technology is collecting information. Every single customer who is redeeming the offer, every single customer who's getting a, a, a coupon or whatnot, right? a cumulative savings that a single customer has accrued over a period of time within your brand. Now I aggregate all of these things. So which means at any point in time, you can go and say, how much money did we spend on across our client member base? So you just look at the savings and that savings is actually the money that is spent by the brand. So, you know, any point yeah. in time, CFO will know that, hey, this thing is working, right? So then you compare the savings with the revenues. Then, you know, if, you know, your ROI is at fingertips. You don't have to wait for, you know, multiple teams collecting data and, and aggregating that and doing all this, you know, mathematical exercise. No, you don't have to. I mean, if you imagine if that you can do it that way. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, we have different different conversations with different clients. I'm sure you you do as well. And they're not always sure they want to go out to all customers and they don't know how widespread they want it to be. But then you have companies like Alta that completely changed their whole business model and based it on loyalty. They were a discounted brand and then they added loyalty so that they could become full price retailer. But yet if you have a loyalty membership, you know, yep. you're getting, you're getting that value then. And, and it totally it flipped their entire business model and they tout what 98, 99% of all transactions are loyalty. So mm -hmm. to your point, they know every single person, they know every single person's transactions. So if they needed to move product on a given week, they know who to go tap that bought that product in the past. I mean, it, it just, it can be such an incredible, to your point, financial engine. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, these days, you know, digitally native companies you know they are like 100% online and you know you the minute they sign it and they buy any product you already have their information right so you know their email address you know their information uh, although you may or may not have a loyalty program per se but you already start collecting that information and now with the loyalty program they're benefiting the program mechanics and the program points and so on and so forth so that, that becomes, you know, if you think about it, it's a mindset. You think about it and you have it there and then, you know, you set it up and then, you know, you, at any point in time, you will know what your ROI is on the loyalty because you're cumulatively tracking the savings uh, that each customer, you know, you're displaying from a customer standpoint, you're displaying here is your savings, cumulative savings being with our brand. And then for yourself as a brand, you will be able to use that information to say that is the amount of money that you're spending on your customer base, right? To make this program work. 
And and so when you're creating the loyalty strategy, is that part of what you're looking at when you look at particular segments? Do you say this segment is worth X amount of dollars a year? And and then and so you kind of start there and then back into the kinds of offers that can go. I mean, do you monitor that? And and I ask because of what you're saying, and then I listened to a podcast recently with a gentleman from PetSmart. And he said, if you're a customer that shops at least once a month, you're going to get $90 in value. So mm-hmm. to me, that wrong, like, oh, well, maybe the based on a certain amount of frequency, and obviously there had to be some spend in there, they've modeled the program a certain way to, to each person or each segment. Is that the case? That's my speculation. I mean, <laughs> it, validity. It, it, yeah, it could be. I think, you know, that's why I think, you know, data will tell you the answer. Right. So, you know, sometimes not all data, like I said, is available in loyalty. You, know, you think of different pieces to your point, specifically customer segmentation. Right. And then uh, you look at uh, within the segment, you look at LTV. Right. And you're doing the LTV analysis. Then you're looking at customer churn analysis. Right. So then all of these things are done truly like a data science, predictive analytics type of exercise that is going to support. And now you combine these two things together that will be able to give you the answers for some of the questions that you're looking for. Right. So normally if you're a high volume product business, right. So then you're collecting lots and lots of data. So that becomes even more important for you to figure out how do I do the analysis is predictive modeling important and all of that, Uh, because you have that amount of data to run those types of models. But if you're a, you know, high price B2B, as I was saying earlier, then you may not have that level of, you know, data to determine the analysis, right? So like these kind of things. So that's where brands will focus on where to invest in terms of advanced analytics and where not to invest in advanced analytics. They would rather outsource it. Anyway, you're you're right. I think, you know, that data will help determine, you know, this this is exactly how much this particular segment is going to spend. You know, every quarter much, or whatever time period. Yeah. And then how much we can offer them back and, and, and how much, some yeah, kind of right. value. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So when you're talking to your CFO, we're not just handing money away. <laughs> right. We handed exactly. them this much in savings, but we we got this much in benefit from it. Correct. Right? Yeah. You have to always use that in context of, you know, what's the incremental revenue that this uh, program and this particular segment brought us. Right. Yeah. Um, makes sense. And, and sir, do you guys offer the analytics as well? We do. Yeah. As a part of our integrated loyalty, I mentioned analytics. So we do, you know, like programmatic analytics, whether it's CRM program, loyalty program, um, you know, cross-channel campaign execution program. But we also do advanced analytics, like things that I talked about, you know, advanced customer segments, models, LTV analysis, uh, churn analysis, retention analysis, and those types of things, forecasting. So that's why, you know, you bring those two things together, uh, an augmented service and a loyalty program will really, you know, enhance uh, the benefits of the program itself to the brand. And and helps create or helps you have loyalty living across the organization. (laughs) Helps us exactly, you know, create using that information to create the mindset to make sure that loyalty is living across the organization. It's completely integrated. Yeah. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for your time today. As as we wrap the session, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? 
So there is just one thing, you know, I want to make sure that people take away from this thing, right? So loyalty program, there are a lot of loyalty programs, I'm sure. One of your podcasts, Erin, I think one of the guests was mentioning typical customer signs up for like 18 different loyalty programs or something. There is some number there. Big, um, yeah. <laughs> so what happens is, you know, there's pretty much loyalty fatigue that is created, right? Across your customer base. So always look at, you know, you, you have the program, you know, there is, don't set it and forget it, right? So always look at, you know, every certain time period, look at how the program is functioning, right? Your basic elements of program. For example, if you're if you're sending a coupon via email, and it should have exact expiration date when they come in and log in, and then they try to download the coupon from their you know preference center or whatever on your online. Right? Make sure those simple things are done very very nicely, right? Because those things is what will create fitting. Because they download a coupon and coupon expired. Sorry, you can't use this coupon. Sorry, you. It's used only for this particular product, not for all the, the products that you're trying to buy. Make sure it's clear, right? So those types of small things are so important as opposed to talking about big rational things. And so loyalty fatigue is something, you know, constantly keep in mind, do a health check on your program, um, do an audit on the program, and then what's the value that it's proposing and what are some of the new benefits that you can add to it? These days, you know, people talking about non-transactional loyalty benefits and all of that. So, you know, there's a whole host of things that you could do there. And then um, calibrating your financials, you know, calibrate your financials. As I talked about, make sure you use your loyalty to determine how your financials are doing. That's that's very important. I think these are, you know, some of the things we at Ansira also offer as a part of our integrated loyalty services. Terrific. I, I like that those are, are three really important aspects for people to be thinking about. And you can kind of take it as a more of a crawl, walk, run approach. So to be able to insert a, a new kind of experiential offer or to create a, a special promotion that maybe doesn't live all the time, but it, it keeps it fresh, keeps it interesting showing people that you know um that type of thing to your to your point i always say the same thing you did i had a smile it, it's loyalty is anything but set it and forget it if you said if you set the right. program and forgot about it you're missing a lot of opportunity <laughs> correct correct i think typically companies try to do it because i just spent money implemented the program so it should be running on its own right it's in cruise control for the next 12 months and then you're like hey you know yeah. It's not. So you had somebody, you know, has to be constantly looking at how it is performing, where you can make the tweaks and all of that. Yep. That's a fabulous point. Yeah. And, and the good news is it should be pretty easy. Um, and, and if you've got people who are engaged, little tweaks like that will just keep it exciting, keep pe people coming back and, and really impact the bottom line. Good. My, my final takeaway, keep simple things perfect, right? So, you know, it's, that's very, very important. I like that. Um, keep simple things perfect. Yeah. I think that goes back to your offer comment a bit. Don't create, don't give somebody a gift and have it have a ton of restrictions on it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just give it to them. <laughs> Just give it to them. That's <laughs> Let it, them right? enjoy yeah. it. Even It'll if come it's back a little less value, <laughs> give them less value, <laughs> but but don't restrict it. Don't make it difficult. You took right. a good thing and you made it not so good. Uh, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, this has been such a pleasure, Sukumar. Thank you so much. 
No, thank you, Erin. Thank you very much for having me as a as a guest. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So, how how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, they can reach me at sukumar.muthiadancer.com, and then, or they can, uh, you know, www.ansera.com. They can come to our website and look for, you know, all the offerings and contact us there. And they're happy to help. The simple things that we do, you know, is what causes the differentiation in the market. Terrific. I like it. Yeah. That's going to be my theme now. Simple. <laughs> Feel free to use it. <laughs> Simple and perfect. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Sukhmar. Thank you very much, Erin. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Get Personal with Loyalty. Join us next time for more loyalty insights. Until then, dare to dream. Let Annex Cloud help make your dreams a reality. Visit AnnexCloud.com. See you soon.